Please stay tuned for important disclosure information at the conclusion of this episode. This is Destination Retirement with Robert Kuhn from Kuhn Capital Partners. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Robert provides his clients and prospects the information they need regarding social security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is Destination Retirement with Robert Kuhn. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm Robert Kuhn. Thank you for listening to Destination Retirement. Hope everybody's having a great weekend. Thank you for joining us this week. We do have a special guest. I'll introduce him in a minute. A couple things on the radio show. If you've listened to the past, you obviously understand that we're educational. I want to thank everybody for calling in. Um, clearly with the markets doing what they're doing, I think we're starting to see significant uptick in people who are interested uh, in making sure that they're not losing money if that is possible. Uh, our job as fiduciaries is to make sure that we're bringing a really truly a, a institutional level diversification approach. So we are independent. We're a registered investment advisory firm. If you can hear the show, we can work with you. We are in markets outside of just Chicago, headquartered in Chicago. But if you can hear the show, we can work with you. Give Paige a call, 630-492-1912. 630-492-1912. Set some time up for us to have a conversation. So let me introduce uh, Mr. Andrew Kuhn. Andrew, good morning, good afternoon. How are you doing? Whatever we are right now, right? That's right. Uh, doing well. Thank you for joining us. I want, you know, Andrew's been on the show in the past and I think it's timely that he's on now and, and um, he'll probably be on um, more now uh, than he has been in the past. And I think it's going to be a real value add for the listeners of the radio show. So what's going on in the world today? A lot. Actually. Think? Yeah. So by the time that this is actually aired on the radio show, who knows what's going to be going on in the world? Uh, hard to give macro or you know uh, talk markets when um, there is just a lot of geopolitical issues going on. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I think to bring it all home for people, yes, there's a lot going on in the world. Yeah, if they are tuning into your show, that's a good thing. It is as you bring strategies and a unique view to the markets that is different from the mainstream and different from traditional. Uh, advisor services. Uh, but yes, there's a lot going on in the world. If people aren't paying attention, they should be. And I imagine most people are paying attention because they recognize that there's just a lot of craziness going on right now. Especially this week. And, and I think when we look at it, you know, um, you know, we obviously you have the benefit of dealing with, you know, clients and, and higher net worth clients, and they look at the world a little bit differently. But, you know, when we're dealing with people who call in on the radio, they could have a hundred thousand dollars. They could have 5 million, they could have 10 million. And, you know, part of the radio show is to make sure that, you know, we help them craft a portfolio that can do well, whether the markets are up or up, down or sideways. And I want to spend some time today talking about growth. So when you look at growth, what, does growth mean to you when constructing a portfolio? Because before I turn it over to you, all advisors sound similar. They sound the same. They talk the same buzzwords. They say, we're going to manage risk, blah, blah, blah. But yet they just have basically a closet index fund. And when you look at growth and you look at portfolio construction, what does that mean to you? 
Sure. So I think it means crafting a portfolio that is different than just going up and down with the market, right? So I think most of the people listening could probably look at their portfolio and see that they own a bunch of mutual funds. They may say, oh, I own two, three, four hundred different stocks. I'm diversified. When really at the end of the day, all they do is they own the market. So they can look at CNBC every single day, see what the S&P 500 has done on the day. And they'll know, hey, you know, the S&P was up 1%. My portfolio must be up 1% or vice versa. So the way that I think about crafting a portfolio is looking and thinking about what portfolio management is a little bit differently. I think you need to have a few different themes that are inflecting higher um, that, you know, quite frankly, are going to zig when the market zags. So when so, you say themes, let me interrupt you. Explain that to, again, just explain that to the guy driving around sure. on a Saturday morning, just wondering, you know, why are these guys different? Or yeah. what, is it, what does he mean when he says themes? Sure. So first of all, we actually manage money, right? We okay. actually are uh, big in the investment research process, but we're inflection investors. And what that basically means is we're looking to identify situations where, expectations and valuations are so low where if we're wrong on what our particular view is of a situation, uh, you could at least hopefully make your money back or not lose that much. So there's no expectations embedded in the current stock price. All a stock is, is, and this is a little, you know, financial or whatever, but sure. all it is, is the future is the present value of all the future cash flow discounted back to today. So all stock prices, when you look at a company that's trading at 10 times or 15 times earnings, that price is the future expectation and what you're getting for it today. So what we're doing is we're looking for situations where there are not a lot of, um, call it, uh, expectations embedded in the price. And if we have a variant view, something that's different that we think is going to allow a business or an industry to inflect higher, um, that just could be an interesting situation to look at. And I can give you an example, one that is probably um, close to home to a lot of your Illinois listeners. Sure. If you had to guess how many, how much of the energy needs in Illinois is powered by nuclear energy, if you had to guess that. Well, I know there's, in DeKalb, I think there's a nuclear, I think there's a nuclear something or other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I have no idea. 50%. It's more than half. Yeah. yeah. It's more than half. And I think of uh, uranium, which is the component that goes into uh, nuclear reactors and nuclear energy as being a very unique asset class where traditionally, you know, five to 10 years ago, most of the people talking about uranium, I would probably classify as being just crazy, at least from the investment perspective. Um, but where we sit here today, demand for uranium next year is probably in the 210 million ton area. So put uh, that in 210 context. million pounds. What does that, does that mean a lot? Double, a triple? Lot, a yeah. lot, right. And supply for uranium that we currently have, global supply is 160 million pounds. So 210 million pounds in demand needed and global supply is 160 million pounds. What does that mean? That means that we have a 50 million pound deficit. Okay. Um, as why I'm interested in it is I love these situations where there's a supply shortage and when that shortage is something that is a necessity or it's needed, you think about a nuclear reactor, most of them are when in commission and up and running, they will have a life cycle of 40 years. Um, if that nuclear reactor needs uranium to continue to go through its process and empower the state of Illinois, for example, um, they're price takers. It doesn't matter what the price is. They're just going to want to go out and purchase uranium. 
Um, so that's just a situation where it's a very unique theme. You think about ESG concerns and this transition away from fossil fuel energy as or fossil fuels as an energy source. Nuclear energy is probably a great um, way to do that. Um, it doesn't matter if you're on the left or if you're on the right. Nuclear energy doesn't emit CO2s. It's very clean. And you could power all of Manhattan for an entire summer with a Coke can full oh of my goodness. Uh, nuclear energy. So that's a unique theme that's currently in a supply deficit that I think is pretty interesting. It's kind of one of the only things I think Republicans and Democrats maybe agree upon. And if they don't, they, they definitely should. Yeah, and we, they probably will come come to that. And there's 52 new reactors being uh, in construction around the world. China, uh, I'm looking at my sheet right now, they have 18 that they're building. There's two in the United States. Um, I think the world is going to come around to nuclear energy as a good baseload uh, power source for the world. Yeah, we have a client who's a nuclear engineer and and the, he can't, He they're just so busy. Yeah. So yeah. how do you express that view though, right? Well, um, and, and that's our job to go out and, and, and find unique situations to uh, sort of take that theme yeah. um, and, and look to um, make some investments for, for the investors. And again, there's not a lot of expectation embedded in this theme. So if we're wrong and our view is wrong, well, you're not going to lose money. And I well, think that's a great way to manage money. No, without a doubt. So 630-492-1912, 630-492-1912. Give Paige a call. We can set up a conversation. So, so if I'm hearing you and in, in thinking about our growth bucket, you want to have a portfolio that's managed with, okay, so you said, you know, uranium is one theme, you know, I know we've talked about oil being another theme and you look at these themes from a, from a really high level and then you back into what names uh, could do well ultimately to, um, you know, see that portfolio grow that I think that's totally unique in, in the industry, in the kind of space that we're in. Our target market is, <clears throat> excuse me, a client who may have, you know, a hundred thousand or may have, you know, five to 10 million. Um, I don't see that type of money management offered as a component of a plan uh, from the traditional advisor. Do you? No, absolutely not. Because that advisor is out raising capital, going yeah. to find new clients and they can't spend the time to do, you know, the thousands of hours of research that goes into forming a qualified opinion and being very intentional about that. But again, uranium is just one interesting theme that I'm looking at. You had mentioned oil. Yeah. Uh, oil is another situation where uh, we just don't have supply, right? I mean, oil demand grows by a few percent every single year and supply, um, unfortunately, has not kept up with that. So call it 102 million barrels per day is what's needed for global oil supply or global oil demand, excuse me. And supply is anywhere from 92 to 96 million barrels per day. And unfortunately, because of, you know, we live in this world of ESG and this transition away from fossil fuels, it's been incredibly hard uh, to go out and drill an oil well. So there's not sure. a lot of companies that are um, doing that this time around. Uh, if you from follow the news, there's a lot of consolidation going on in the energy markets. Not a lot of people going out and um, looking to increase production. So how do you get companies to increase production and take all their capital go capital and start to do that? Well, you need oil prices way higher, which is why I think oil can go way higher from where we are here today. Yeah. And I think that's the key is, is I think, you know, the average listener who's driving around on a Saturday morning listening to investment talk radio, they obviously don't know me, our firm from you know, anybody. And, you know, since we started doing the radio show, 
a couple of years ago here in the Chicago market, which we're now headquartered in Chicago. Um, we have seen our podcast numbers, you know, just go significantly up and to the right. And, and I also, you know, I, I want to commend people for taking that first step and reaching out, uh, to somebody that they don't know, because, you know, in our conversations that we've had, here's kind of my thought process. I think people are going to be in for a shock of what the next handful of years could mean to investors. Again, a shock doesn't mean we're going to see, you know, 40% down. You know, what happens if we just see no growth, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, in, in, in high inflation, I mean, stagflation, you know, so you've mentioned in our conversations in the past of, you know, we've had 40 years of low interest rates and massive liquidity and, uh, can, you know, just crazy, you know, additional stimulus. What happens if we're now, you know, you flip the coin and we have the exact opposite? Yeah. That's why I said everyone needs to unlearn or really invert what they've learned or have been successful with over the over the past 40 years because it's different now. Interest rates are higher. Yeah. The Fed is continuing to raise interest rates and liquidity is being taken out of the market, right? Um, everyone following is, I'm sure, familiar with what's going on overseas and the ge- geopolitical tensions. Sure. Typically, when that happens, money flows into the bond market. And throughout the past couple of weeks, the bond market has been melting which if you have a 60-40 portfolio, you definitely know. Oh, Why goodness. is that? I think it's because United States, the deficits are um, ridiculously high. They're going to have to finance those deficits at higher interest rates. And we just have way too much debt. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm not a gold bug, but you can make a case that it's probably a good time to have some gold in your portfolio. Well, I mean, it doesn't mean, I mean, I think we're an opportunistic bug, right? Yeah. I mean, where there's time to, to have different investments, there's time to have different strategies. And I think, you know, in, you know, coming up on the end of the segment here for the next minute, um, <clears throat> is that another major issue that's wrong with the financial services business is, you know, themes and strategies for advisors, they don't change. No, they don't manage money. It's and, all and, about- and, I, and I think when they don't change is, is really simple. They may be managing a hundred million, 200 million, 500 million, and, and everybody can do the math. If you're getting 1% on that or one and a half or two or whatever, the advisors getting, is there really an, uh, a need or a reason to kind of upset the apple cart? Or is it just, you know, when clients call in, they just, you know, explain away losses? Yeah. I mean, they just explain away losses for sure. Market's yeah. all about long-term sit and wait, yeah. sit and pray, extend it, <laughs> pretend, whatever yeah, you right. want to do. I mean, yeah. they're not out there doing that. Well, we're not going to do that. So a couple things, uh, if you want to have a conversation with myself, get with Paige, 630-492-1912, 630-492-1912. Have a great client that said, we give, my two favorite words are my phone number and also Paige when we do the radio show. So uh, Paige is great. But again, we're here to help any investment related questions. Give us a call. When we get back, we're going to talk about the 60-40 portfolio and some alternatives. More after the break. Are you considering buying an annuity? Or did you buy an annuity because you were promised stock market-like returns with no downside? If you own the wrong annuity, there is a great chance you've experienced little to no growth over the past few years. In many instances, the insurance agent received more in commission than many have in actual investment growth. If you'd like to learn more about our annuity repair strategy, please call Robert, 800-674-3217. Again, that's 800-674-3217. With Kuhn Capital Partners, partnership isn't just a promise, it's in our name. Welcome back, you're listening to Destination Retirement. My name is Robert Kuhn, president and founder of Kuhn Capital Partners. 
Yes, we're independent. Yes, we're a registered investment advisory firm. And yes, we are a fiduciary. Thank you for listening. If this is your first time, welcome. Everybody hopefully knows by now we do podcast every episode at K-U-H-N-C-P. Uh, K-U-H-N-C-P for those that reach out through the website. Thank you. It's great. It's an easy way to get on my calendar. If you've listened to the show again, you do know that we're incredibly passionate about managing money, helping people lose less. And that's a huge, huge focus of ours, especially after a week like this week. So uh, with us, uh, Andrew Kuhn, uh, he is uh, joining us today. So hopefully everybody, I know when he's been on in the past, it's been a big uh, hit. So everybody's asked to have him back on. So we're going to keep him busy and and giving us some nuggets of wisdom uh, to help for, hopefully everybody can learn from. Give Paige a call this week, 630-492-1912 if you want to have a conversation, 630-492-1912. So what do you think people do on a day like, you know, go back midweek, uh, the market's down, you know, the NASDAQ's down 300 points, uh, risk is so prevalent. Do you think people actually follow this as closely as you and I do? No. Just individual not. investors. Absolutely not. Yeah. No. And I don't even think advisors do either. Yeah. Um, Isn't that that just what's wrong with this industry, though? Seriously? Yeah, of course. I mean, look, right. I said in the last segment and it's true. We're there's a lot of things going on geopolitically right now where traditionally in the past you would get to this flight to quality trade into bonds. Okay, And the bond market's been melting. Why is that? But but to you and I, that doesn't mean anything. That's very scary. But to us, it means a lot. But to the average investor, I mean, I guess that's a good way for us to get into 60-40 portfolio. It's been my experience that advisors only manage risk for investors with fixed income. And fixed income is in the worst three-year period in the history of markets. So last year, S&P was down whatever, it was down 20-some percent. Fixed income, depending upon where you were, could have been down 10 to 30%. And what does that mean exactly right now when you say the bond market is is melting down? I mean, yields are continuing to go higher. Okay. Interest rates and bonds have an inverse relationship. Sure. Yeah. And our current Fed chairman, he seems like he wants to stop inflation as much as possible. At least that's what he's projecting to the market. Yeah. And interest rates are continuing to go higher, especially on the long end of the curve. So call it 30 years out, which is, I guess, to um, make that relatable for a lot of people. I'm sure people are familiar with uh, mortgage rates, right? Yeah, mortgage rates have continued to go higher. Yeah. But also, you could also think about it like a, a bond in a way that, or anything, anything that pays an interest rate if you are deemed as being more risky, sure. well, what does that mean? It's the bond sells off and rates go higher. The dividend, let's say you're going to buy a stock, it's a dividend yield stock. And for whatever reason, the stock looks a little bit more risky and the stock price sells off. Well, that dividend yield is going to be a lot higher than it was uh, previously before it was viewed as being more risky. So just something to look out at. I mean, this is no, something I, that's I, pretty unique in a sense that uh, bonds typically are the flight to quality. And it can't seem to catch a bid. And you look at like China and Saudi Arabia, all of those guys are selling their U.S. treasuries as well. Um, so I don't know. I mean, could that be because America has a ton of debt and the deficits continue to grow? Possibly. Whereas right? it's looking more risky. I don't know. But it's definitely not a good thing. That's for sure. But here's the problem. And, and this is the problem that I face and I have in, 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 in dealing you know, on the front end with clients is that you know, what has to happen 
for clients to recognize that not all advisors are created equal, that losing money in your safe money, um, that's just, people I think are gonna be shocked when they look at you know equity markets. Like last year, for example, think about it. S&P's down whatever, like I said a minute ago, 20 some percent. And their safe money is down 10 to 15%. I mean, I just wonder if clients even recognize that their safe money is down that much. And just, you know, why do advisors continue to just stick with strategies that, you know, worked over the last 40 years when you have a very good idea that they probably are going to be at a disadvantage going forward? Is it just that it's easier? It's easier. Yeah. We had lunch with an individual that works at a a financial firm yeah. and they manage, I don't know, over half a billion dollars. So the man, the financial advisor himself yeah. is incredibly successful because do the math on getting one or one and a half yeah. on 500 million. That's a lot of money. Sure. And we had asked him about how do they, you know, manage the investments, how they, how do they pick stocks, whatever. And he had said that he asked that same question yeah. on his first day. And he said, well, we go through this list of uh, mutual funds that the wholesaler gave to him and we just yeah. kind of pick it. And I made a joke. I'm like, so you mean the wholesaler that, you know, bought you guys the nicest lunch or gives you marketing support? And he kind of like laughed yeah. and we all laughed because it's, it it's, wouldn't be so funny if, you know, it wasn't true, but it, it actually is true and funny. So it's kind of unique that way, but, but I don't the, know. They just don't manage money. That's, that's the, in the old, but again, it's all covered up when the markets are up substantially. Yeah, of course. And and I think, you know, a lot of the easy money is made. And, and that's the problem, I think, with this industry is the financial advice business. And I often talk about it on the radio on how it's broken in that your, you know, everyone can make money in up market. Advisors lose money. Many or most lose money in a down market. Then a sideways market, you know, who knows what's going to happen. Yet, as you know, there are strategies that, can do well in all three of those markets. And so when we go to the 60-40 portfolio, and that I think has been dead for, at least in our eyes, for a long period of time, yet advisors are still utilizing it because when you get a client, right, the job of an advisor is to get that client on board so they can start generating their fee revenue, all right, obviously. And anytime you interject something new into the conversation, it, maybe causes some pause with the client or takes the clients longer to make a decision. And so everybody can look at a hundred years worth of market data and say, okay, the markets have averaged, you know, 9%, 10%. But what does that matter when you have a client who's retired within five years from retirement, 10 years, 15 years to retirement, a hundred years worth of data is, is that advisor doing their job? I would say a lot has changed over the past 100 years. So we are yeah. recording this in 2023, yeah. 1923. That yeah. would have been like the Ford T just had come out yeah. know, a handful of years ago, maybe. Yeah. Um, you know, we could have a package in China tomorrow if we really wanted to. So, yes, I would say they're doing a disservice. For Do you sure. think that if, if advisors, if clients ask advisors to see their portfolios, their personal portfolios, do you think that they would represent how they are uh, asking or uh, advising or managing their clients' money? Uh, on average, I would say probably not. Yeah. I do think individuals in retirement, their situation is a little bit different than uh, maybe an advisor's uh, situation. But no, I mean, it's... Uh, but is it different? I mean, you know, I mean, because I think losses, don't losses hurt no matter what? Sure, yeah. And, and I think people right now um, that we call in or that call in and talk with us, 
um, their number one goal is to is to not lose money. Yeah. And the beauty of investing and the beauty of the last hundred years has been technology and technology has changed in ways that five years ago, seven years ago, investments that used to require seven figures to invest in are now available for literally a hundred thousand dollars. And, and, you know, so when we look at the 60, 40 portfolio, I want you to think if you're you know listening to the show this morning, look at your portfolio. And I always like to tell clients that if you cannot point to something immediately inside of your portfolio that you know will not go down if you lose money, if the markets go down, you will not lose money, then you're leaving just so much to chance. And, you know, you and I had this conversation this week in that we're always about, you know, performance, 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 and in what an extra half a point a year will do to the value of, you know, someone's money over five, seven, 10, 15, 20 years. But if you're 15 years to retirement or in retirement, I have to think that there's significant peace of mind knowing that you have some money that you just know isn't going to go down and can still get what is historically a, an average market rate of return. Yeah. Do you, that's all you got for me is yeah. Yeah. Come on. No, I think you're correct. <laughs> I, just get, I agree with you. Yeah. No, get, well I mean, said. give me, give me the story of somebody that we talk an awful lot about who has a pot of money. They just retired and, and you know, they're a CD buyer, right? Yeah. And, and, and what is the most important thing to, to, to that person? And I think there's more people like that than I truly think or, or give credit for. Sure. I mean, they don't want to lose money. Here's their pot of money. They're in retirement. They've worked their entire life in an industry, by the way, that is completely outside of our world. Yeah. And now they um, have this huge, enormous um, responsibility to be prudent about how they're going to invest that capital. And uh, that particular individual is, uh, you know, very concerned about what's going on in the world and the market. They are not looking to turn their whatever that number is because uh, is important to the individual. It doesn't matter what the number is, but they're not looking to Double, take that number it. and ter- make it go yeah. up 10 times. It's just, they don't want to change their lifestyle. They don't want to outlive their income and they want to be thoughtful and intentional about how they're going to maximize uh, that pool of asset for the rest of their life. Um, so yeah, that particular person is a CD buyer. Yeah. I think that's an arcane way to invest capital. Could sure. be good for a part of but, it. But again, in their defense though, it gives them that peace of mind. It does. Right. To your point though, early when we spoke about this off the show. Yeah. Well, inflation's very high. Yeah. So is that CD yeah, yeah. going to be inflation? Right? No, it's in, in, after inflation and after taxes. I mean, what's your real rate of return? Probably nothing or maybe even negative. Yeah. But again, I think those people are just trading one risk for another in that they don't want to see market risk. Right. But they are just trading that risk for possibly longevity risk. I mean, you know, you're, you're, you know, you still have a lot of working years left. I have 15 to 20 years probably, and, or maybe I'll continue to do it for much longer. But, you know, think about being in retirement. And one of the beauties of like kind of businesses that, that, that we're in is we can do this for an extended period of time. We can do it in our 60s, 70s, 80s, right? But what about that investor out there who they have a finite period of, okay, I've got to, you know, have this much money and then I'm at 65, I'm done. Yep. And then they may have to ha- think about that. That has to last them 20 years, 30 years. And you take in inflation and you take in 
um, just the markets. I mean, that's a daunting task. Yeah, absolutely. You need to be intentional about um, your your pool of assets, but now more so than ever, right? We want to bring it back to the current yeah, state today. of the market. Yeah. It's a very interesting time that we're living in. And you had said at the beginning of the show, people need to relearn and basically invert what has worked the past 40 years because the past 40 years, interest rates have gone nowhere but down, yeah. which propped up all equity assets. Sure. And liquidity was added to the market by the Fed. Well, here we are that's in like 2023. Gas, that's like what? Pouring, I mean, correct. Sort of pouring gasoline, gasoline on, on a fire. fire. Yeah. yeah. And now it's the complete opposite. Yeah. Both of those things have stopped. They're removing liquidity from the system. Inflation is, is still here. And I do believe that we are going to have a stagflation type of environment and it's going to be more volatile. So now more than ever, just this invest on autopilot and close your eyes. I don't think it's going to work. No way. And, and that's our job. So our job is to make sure that we're getting that message out. We're building a compelling enough story that <clears throat> unless you're 100% certain that your portfolio can handle a high inflationary, low growth period, um, you know, I think you just owe it yourself to uh, to reach out for, for second opinions. We're doing a tremendous amount of them. We have many reports that we can run. We can run a fee report. We can run a risk report. We can run a growth report. I mean, you know, Andrew, I met you know, some clients that, my goodness, they had no clue what their performance was. And I mean, talk about underperformance. I mean, you know, 1% this year when they thought they were doing good and, and the markets at that time were up 18 or 19%. So uh, all of that is education. So 630-492-1912, 630-492-1912. When we get back after the break, we're going to talk about taxes, tax reduction, and alternatives. So more after the break. Would you like your portfolio to be more certain in uncertain times? These days, there are more questions than ever. Before we can get to the answers, we have a question for you. What do you want to accomplish? Understanding the bigger picture is the first step to helping you pursue your goals today, tomorrow, and for generations to come. To schedule a complimentary call with Robert, please call 800-674-3217. Again, that's 800-674-3217. With Kuhn Capital Partners, partnership isn't just a promise, it's in our name. Welcome back. You're listening to Destination Retirement. My name is Robert Kuhn, president and founder of Kuhn Capital Partners, independent registered investment advisory firm and fiduciary. Everything we do is to educate. We want to make sure that you have a portfolio that has the opportunity to make money, whether the market's up, down, or sideways. I know this week was probably, if you follow the market closely, uh, was a stressful week for you. I think we're going to see a whole, well, maybe a lot more weeks like what we've just seen over the next three to six to 12 months. So you have to make sure your portfolio can handle economic shocks, geopolitical shocks. And that's something that we are very, very passionate about. If you've listened to the show, you know that if you lose money, Uh, At the wrong time, those losses can be somewhat catastrophic to a portfolio. Had you bought Microsoft in 2000, it took you 14 years just to get back to even. You heard that right, 14 years. So buy and hold is, in my opinion, is really great for the advisor, really great for Wall Street, probably not so great for you long term. Now, that doesn't mean that we want to try to predict the market. 
that we want to look into our crystal ball. It just means that as the markets change, you need to change and the advisor needs to change. And unfortunately, they don't many times because they manage a significant amount of money. They're getting a fee. So their lives are good. Um, Our lives are good. We have a great client base. We manage for a fee, but we take it to the next level. And I think that's comes with uh, portfolio management and taking advantage of advantages of opportunities. So with that said, uh, give us a call, give Paige a call, 630-492-1912, 630-492-1912. Get on my calendar and let's have a initial call. So Andrew Kuhn is joining us. Uh, very happy to have him on the show this week. So what do you... Give me uh, a good nugget or two for listeners to go and turn their dollar into a thousand dollars in the next three days. Yeah, I can't do that. (laughs) Unfortunately, I thought it'd be good to talk about the process of becoming a client of yours. I'm going to turn around and interview you. Uh Right. So what's that process like of becoming a client? What are the expectations? If somebody wants to reach out, what can they expect? Sure. Good, good, good. Really good question. Um, The, you know, a lot of firms have a account minimum, right? Whether it's a hundred thousand or 5 million or 10 million. And I think advisors hold themselves out as that makes them a better advisor because they only work with people who have a hundred thousand or 500,000 or a million, whatever. Everybody's heard that, you know, the radio shows, if you have this amount, then, you know, we want to work with you. And, 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 I have learned long ago that we want to help everybody, but don't confuse that with the fact that our strategies aren't probably more sophisticated than anybody you're going to listen to on the radio and probably who, you know, who you're going to meet with as well. So my criteria in working with us is really twofold. Number one, do you want help? Um, I think you need to have a hundred thousand dollars for us to help you, uh, at a minimum. I think that's kind of what we need. Um, but more so than the money is, do you want help? And are you receptive to that help? To me, that's the biggest thing, because if you are, then you're going to be open to strategies that are going to be new to you. You're going to be open to strategies that can do well when the markets don't do well, strategies that can actually make money if the markets are down and, and, you know, Drew, they they don't, a lot of people don't know that, you know, you can make money when the markets are down and you have a good understanding of the option market. Um, so that's something that, you know, we want to convey to people that we can do that. And, and generally it starts with a call. It's kind of a get to know you. What are you looking for? What are you doing? What don't you like? What do you like? Why are we even talking? Obviously in needs not being met. And then we share with them if we can, you know, what we do. And then, you know, we do a financial plan. We do an investment proposal, compare and contrast. Everything we do is through Charles Schwab. So Charles Schwab doesn't say we're good or bad. They don't say any advisor is good or bad, but we do custody our money and all of our clients' assets there. Everybody's familiar with uh, Charles Schwab. Obviously, we're the advisors. Um, and then we have quarterly reviews. And I don't think that most people understand how important those reviews are to change. We had a call the, uh, last week and we had to make a significant change. One of the managers that we utilize is probably the next 24 months is not going to be conducive for them. So we went with a more dynamic strategy. Um, but through those reviews, we're able to, to do that process. So what else you got there? Yeah. I what other questions? What typically <laughs> is the, like, what can they expect if they do reach out though? Yeah. I mean, you know what? I think, you know, uh, we have a good established client base and so we're not, 
worried about where our next client's coming from, um, which is, a, you know, it's unique in, 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 the, in the regards that we're not so big that we don't want to grow because we do. We want to help. We want to grow. We want to educate. But when they call in, one of the biggest compliments, I take it as a compliment that I get is you're the exact on the in this meeting as you are on the radio. And I, and I think it's all about education. And, you know, I, like we tell everybody in, you know, people have an industry that they work in and it could be a very, very basic topic in their business, but it could be Chinese to me. Right. Sure. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is, you know, the same thing as, you know, in our business, very basic topics to me could be complex to an individual. And so I think that's why individuals continuously get cookie cutter, run-of-the-mill portfolios that just do nothing but go up and down with the market. And, and, you know, people are paying a lot of money to have that. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's what they get. That's what they can expect. And if we can help you, then we want you to become a client. If not, then hopefully you, you learned a little bit more throughout the process. Sure. But it all starts with a plan, right? It does. And taking a risk assessment yeah, on your it, website. Yep. Yeah, and, um, you know, people could reach out yep. and just get a second opinion. Right. Yeah. I mean, you see, so you deal with, you know, with very high net worth clients, you know, big, 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 healthy, I would consider them institutional clients. Yes. And, and do they look at risk differently than, you know, the average person, you know, that has a couple hundred thousand to maybe a few million dollars? Do they view the world investing and risk differently, maybe give us some insight into kind of, you know, your interactions and, and how they view, you know, the world and the market and investing. Absolutely. So a high net, I mean, the typical individual I speak with and deal with, I would say they're a lot less sensitive to fees than individuals are. I think because they recognize that they're doing something different or we're okay. doing something different than they could do themselves. Um, but no, I mean, they, they look at the world a little bit differently than, than other people. And the fact that there is more of a plan there, there's more of some sort of activity there as opposed to just being at the mercy of the markets and riding up and down with the markets, right? So, okay, I have my portfolio of 200 to 300 stocks and then the market's down 10%. Well, the yep. advisor looks at you and says, well, the market's down, you're down. What are you going to do? Where are you going to sure. go? Right. Whereas there are other individuals or you know even people like us in the finance business where we'd look at okay well there could have been opportunities to make money it's all about absolute returns as sure. opposed to relative returns right well let me let me explain that to a client because you know that is uh, uh, so important and those are just two little phrases that may not mean a lot to the, the listeners today absolute returns are trying to deliver returns regardless of what's going on in the market and relative returns are just trying to beat a benchmark. So that benchmark could be down 15. Your advisor, if that's his mandate, could be down 10. You should be patting your advisor on the back because he only lost you 10%. That, I think, has always been an issue with this industry is I think people need to look more at absolute returns, meaning let's go from zero on up. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what if we are in a decade like the 70s where inflation was high, and I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but the return to the investor would have been, I don't know, a couple percent, right? Sure. Especially net of inflation. It'd be a tough conversation to go back to our investors and say, we did way better. We were up three or 4%, whereas the market was, I don't know, up maybe one to 2% or maybe even negative after inflation. Um, that's not the type of you know uh, benchmark that we have for ourselves. And that's not the way that we look at the world, right? 
now and, and i think it's so important honestly i think it's so critical that you know in, in generally if you're dealing with a family that may have 100 million or 200 million dollars of, of investable assets i think a case could be made that they could actually stomach risk and the potential for loss much greater than the average client who sure. may have a few hundred thousand to a couple million million dollars but yet the investor who has you know a few hundred million dollars they're investing in just their setup from go from just construction of their portfolio is so much drastically different than just the average investor who can't really stomach or afford those losses yeah absolutely and and that's you know what gets me on my soapbox a lot is you know i think the advice that you know traditional wall street banks and brokerage firms provide uh, is is absolutely different almost complete opposite than how they invest the firm's money. Yeah. And I mean, do you think that, you know, a big bank isn't hedged against loss? No, absolutely not. Yeah. I mean, of course they are. Yeah. Hedged against right? loss. But, yeah, absolutely. But yet the but average, to everyone else that stay the course. Yeah. Invest right. The, the inv- here's the hedge to the average investor is the advisor telling them that it's okay to lose 20 to 30% yeah. because you don't, you know, you have time, but yet you look at a bank, right? I mean, I mean, you, you deal with a lot of banks. You've talked with, you know, high, you know, bank, you know, people at the bank that run companies and, and or the banks. And, and I think hedging is just basic one-on-one investing. I'd venture to guess today that nine out of 10 people, um, well, 10 out of 10 people who are hearing the show are hedging their lives in some area life insurance, health insurance, auto insurance, home rental, whatever. But yeah, when it comes to their portfolio, I bet one out of 10, if that has a hedge inside their portfolio to protect their largest asset, if, if you know the markets are down for a while or go down substantially. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's the industry has done a disservice to the individual, right? Yeah. So you talk about, let's say an investor knew that the markets were going to crash tomorrow or next week, yep. that advisor at a big wirehouse may sure. not get paid on his own fees if he doesn't have that cash invested. I mean, there's just enormous conflicts well, of interest. Oh, tons of conflicts of interest. I mean, many in many instances, I mean, I know this for a, a fact that if, if, if accounts sit in cash for uh, a period of three months or more, the advisor stops receiving their management fee. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Yeah. I mean, what in, I mean, Talk about a conflict of interest, right? Yeah. I mean, sometimes, you know, obviously, you know, there's there's a reason to own cash and not to own cash. But I think, you know, one of the benefits of working with an independent firm like ours is is twofold. One, we don't need to have the number of clients that my buddies at the big brokerage firms do because of how their compensation is. So I can have half the clients and, and make probably more money, you know, personally than, than what they're doing, you know, what they're making. But that also means our clients aren't a number. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And, and so that's uh, so, so important. So anyways, give Paige a call. Um, when we come back, uh, I, w- I do want to get into taxes. I do want to get into the planning. And um, I know we meant to do that uh, this segment, but we'll certainly do that next segment. So you can schedule some time with me uh, and my team at uh, 630-492-1912, 630-492-1912. Give Paige a call or go to the website, kuhncp.com. More after the break. Hoping is good. Knowing is better. You are unique and your investments and plans should reflect that. Investors today want to find outcomes, not investments that simply track the stock market up and down. 
Did you know most of all mutual funds and managed accounts by Prospectus must stay fully invested no matter how good or bad the stock market is? There is a better way. We want our clients to use portfolio gains to compound their investments, not make up for portfolio losses. Schedule a complimentary call with Robert. With Kuhn Capital Partners, partnership isn't just a promise, it's in our name. Welcome back. You're listening to Destination Retirement. My name is Robert Kuhn, president and founder of Kuhn Capital Partners. Hopefully you've listened to the show in the past. If you haven't, welcome. Uh, we do podcast every episode. So uh, if you are hearing our show outside of Illinois, we do run this show in other markets. Uh, we are headquartered in Illinois outside of Chicago. Uh, but what that means for you is if you can hear the show, we can work with you. So easiest way to get in touch with us and go over strategies that um, can do well or do do well or can make money when the markets are down, especially in this trying market. Just give Paige a call, 630-492-1912, 1912 uh, We do have a, a guest with us uh, today, Andrew Kuhn. So we uh, are very Happy that he is joining us and giving us uh, a little bit of insight into portfolio construction. You know, one of the best phrases that I've heard you say, and maybe you can explain it to to an index, but two things, you're in the IRR business and your clients don't want you to just hug an index. What, is it, what does that mean exactly? Sure, so hug an index, uh, I've said it many times throughout the show, the uh, most investors or clients, they just ride up and down with the market. Okay. Why is that? Let's talk about it. Well, it's because they own the market. Sure. Um, it may be dressed up as a few different investments or a bunch of different mutual funds. But at the end of the day, if you, uh, if the S&P 500 closes up 1% on the day or, and your portfolio closes up magically 1% on the day, or you could look at CNBC and know how your portfolio is doing without actually checking your account, uh, that tells me that you're basically owning the market in some fashion, right? Yep. Um, and at the end of the day, we're in the IIR business. What does that mean? Well, it's the compounded annualized rate of return, the internal rate of return on an investment. And what we do is we have a list of a bunch of companies that we follow and, and what we look at, and we're constantly uh, benchmarking uh, the portfolio to our watch list based on an IRR. So we have an internal IRR that we're looking to hit and we are um, holding, I guess, those companies on the watch list or in the portfolio accountable to that IRR. So we're constantly scrubbing the portfolio and looking at where we can, um, you know, invest the capital to uh, hopefully generate, you know, the highest return. And, and I know we've also talked an awful lot about that you can't um, well, not that you can't, but I think you can have a portfolio that is protected against loss in some form or fashion, but also strives to generate the, the greatest rate of return. Yeah. And, you know, what I hear a lot of people th say that I talk to is, well, I have an aggressive um, mindset or I am ultra conservative. I mean, the reality is that you know, you mentioned that we have investors take a risk tolerance questionnaire and we do everybody that we talk with, we're going to have you take a risk tolerance questionnaire. It kind of benchmarks how you view risk at that single point in time to your current portfolio. And you'd be, you'd be surprised how often people think that they're either conservative and their portfolio is super aggressive or they have an aggressive mindset and their portfolio is super conservative. Um, but I think you can create, you know, you asked earlier, you know, what is it that we do? I mean, we believe in a financial plan 
and we do believe in income planning. But as I've often said, and you've heard me say it a million times, I think if you lose money, you know, the financial plan that you're, that you have isn't worth the paper it's printed on. So when it comes to financial planning, you know, that kind of leads me into, um, you know, strategies that, you know, could reduce, um, taxes, the clients that you deal with, are taxes a, a, a concern to them? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, I think when, you know, one of the most overlooked areas of financial planning is, um, tax strategies. This is what traditional advisors at big banks and big brokerage firms consider proactive tax management. They want to match portfolio losses with gains at the end of the year. There you go. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I would, I guess that is a form of tax planning, right? Sure. Yeah. Uh, I certainly wouldn't consider that robust, but you know, if you're working, one of the benefits of working with an independent advisor, uh, registered investment advisor is the fact that they have access to strategies, you know, good or bad. I mean, you know, strategies can be great. They can be terrible, but they do have access to strategies that can greatly reduce your taxable income. And you mentioned earlier today in constructing a portfolio that you want, you know, you look at it as kind of at a theme level. And one of your themes was energy. Um, I mean, energy is, you know, I, I think, you know, you look at ESG and, and whatnot, um, but I think energy, I, I think if there are big acquisitions being made, I think the big companies have to believe that energy is going to be a good investment for the next handful of years. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, but also the fact that the industry is consolidating as yeah. opposed to going out and just grabbing as much land share as possible. Yeah. It tells you that they are concerned. If you listen to a lot of investor presentations and investor conference calls about uh, managers in the energy spe space talk about this because of political reasons. They don't know if their industry is going to exist 10, 15, 20 years into sure. the future. Right. So uh, what they're doing with all their cash flow here today is they're consolidating. They're, they're purchasing other companies. They're not going out and looking to increase production. Uh, and because that's where they're taking, taking their CapEx, their capital and investing it into other companies as opposed to, uh, like M and A, as opposed to going out and just buying more oil wells. Sure. Um, I think this supply issue that we're seeing in oil is only going to continue. And yeah, you could have incredibly high oil prices sure, for a long period of time. Yeah. I mean, and, and you think about it from a supply demand perspective, right? Eventually uh, someone's going to want to put some money in the ground and go and drill. Yeah. Uh, but you need to be incentivized to do that. So you need probably, I don't know, call it triple digit uh, oil prices to go and do that. And this cycle is different in the sense of, uh, the cost of capital of these companies is way higher. What does that mean? Okay, uh, everyone is familiar with uh, buying a house and having a mortgage that's listening to this podcast. I'm sure you understand that interest rates at 8% are much more much more expensive than it would be to buy a house at 2%. It's so the same thing with are. companies. Yeah. Um, so if a company is going to underwrite a deal because their cost of that capital is higher, um, they need either oil prices to be way higher to make that model work, that pro forma work, or, you know, they, they need interest rates to be a lot lower. Um, so things have really slowed down and it's a funny concept of how higher interest rates can actually be inflationary, um, in the sense of you have a supply shortage going on, um, whether it's in housing or in oil and, uh, it's going to be a lot more expensive to bring that supply on because interest rates are way higher. So let's say if a mortgage is 8%, if a company is going to raise debt to go out and drill some wells, 
I imagine it's probably nine or ten percent paper. I mean, very expensive. Yeah. Oh, easy, and, and they have to live within cash flow, and and more so than they have in the past. Like just for the exact reasons that you've mentioned, and so, so you look at that, and and you know there are significant, you know, in the energy space, you have significant tax advantages, significant. And if you have, you know, if you've sold a building, if you sold a property, if you make a bunch of money, if you sold a business, um, we have some very, very interesting tax strategies that we need to talk about that can greatly reduce your taxable income, your capital gains to the tune of, you know, per hundred thousand invested, you can reduce your taxable income by $75,000. These are very interesting times that we're living in. And I think more now than ever, at least in recent memory, you do not want to put your head in the sand and just look your, away. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And, and and we really appreciate you sharing, you know, kind of those nuggets. I think, you know, the portfolio construction and a theme-based approach is something everybody should have some of your money in. Uh, as you know, um, we at Coon Capital Partners, we can be a satellite advisor to what you're currently doing, meaning you farm out just a specific strategy for us to manage, uh, or we can manage the entire uh, portfolio and, and we're the quarterback and we're farming out the, uh, the unique strategies. So I want to thank everybody for listening. Hopefully you got something out of this week. I know the markets are challenging. I know the markets may be nerve wracking. Now is the time to make sure that you're certain that your portfolio can handle a significant market shock, geopolitical shock, interest rate shock, because they're out there and uh, it's just always better to plan. So with that being said, if you want to have a conversation with us this week, Give Paige a call, 630-492-1912, 630-492-1912. So have a great week, and we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to Destination Retirement. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Robert Kuhn from Kuhn Capital Partners. Call 630-492-1912 or visit them online at kuhncp.com. This recording is for informational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice. Kuhn Capital Partners does not provide legal, accounting, or tax advice. Any statement regarding such matters is explanatory and may not be relied upon as definitive advice. Opinions expressed are current as of the date of this recording, and such opinions are subject to change. The views and opinions of guests on this program are not necessarily those of Kuhn Capital Partners. Any reference to guarantees, principal or income, protection, buffers, or defined outcome investments are generally structured notes or fixed insurance products backed by the claims paying ability of the offering company and are not insured by any government agency. Kuhn Capital Partners is not affiliated with any guests unless otherwise stated and does not guarantee the accuracy or the completeness of any data presented. Kuhn Capital Partners and its affiliates are not responsible for any trading decisions, damages, or other losses resulting from or related to the information, data analysis, or opinions in this recording. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investments are subject to investment risk, including but not limited to the potential loss of principal. Advisory services are offered through Kuhn Capital Partners, LLC, a registered investment advisor.